Hello, dear listener. We are so glad you're here listening to this very special episode of Single Best Scene, all about Bridgerton season two. Now, normally me and Maddie have a long intro where we chat about a show that we're not covering that week. However, for the sake of time, we are going to go ahead and cut that, as well as I would just like to put a disclaimer out here that we recorded this podcast 48 hours after Bridgerton dropped, and so there were a lot of questions that we did not yet have the answers to. Also, I would feel it is very important for you to know that neither me nor Maddie read the books, so these are the impressions and reactions to two people who are strictly TV viewers of the Bridgerton series. Not to say that we don't mention, you know, some, you know, we've seen a TikTok or on the internet somehow about comparing it to the books. You know, when that happens, it happens. But the two of us did not read the books. That's important for you to know. Since the initial recording, I have gone back through and made a couple of tweaks and adjustments to things that we were wrong about or guesses that we were making um, just for the sake of, you know, not infuriating you if you are a hardcore Bridgerton person who knows all the answers to all this stuff. And those, I only did it in a couple situations, but when that happens, you'll hear this sound and you will know it's me doing some post-editing uh recovery change updates as you will as well as there will be news that is updated um as far as we know you know it's about early april right now uh updated news towards the end so thank you so much for being here and i hope you enjoy this episode Hi. Hello. I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Vestine. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, this <laughs> week we're covering season two of Bridgerton. Yeah, so, selflessly at a breakneck speed, the fastest we ever have. Fastest I've binged a show for this podcast. For sure. Um, anyway, so if you somehow don't know what Bridgerton is and stumbled upon our podcast, During the Regency era in England, eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love. Season two centers around the oldest, Anthony, and his quest to find a Val... A Vi... How do you say it? Viscountess. Viscountess. The S is silent. Viscountess. Anyway, Anthony's Mm -hmm. looking for a wife, not even a girlfriend. He wants to wife someone up. So before we get into bits and jokes and all of the things I thought it'd be fun to do just like a little bit of initial thoughts because we have famously as Z-Way would say shit all over Bridgerton did you enjoy mm-hmm. season two more than season one? Oh, absolutely I loved season two season two was great I think that in one of our past episodes for the we did a per, like a commercial for Bridgerton and I think I said something to the extent of like check in and listen to us like eat crow basically like we've disliked Bridgerton so much. Like, let's see if we 
let's see if season two like wins us over and by golly did it it did um we trusted Shonda and she came through honestly I think that they listened to our season one recap and addressed literally every single issue we had with them down to the baby bangs like they really course corrected (laughs) really hard um with season two they listened to all of our feedback and guess what we like it a lot better now (laughs) I know just even the timing of how season two was paced made sense oh my god the pacing was significantly better it was like next level it was almost the point where I was like they're doing it in reverse I need them to get together like they really had me on the edge of my seat of like how is this gonna work like I knew it was gonna work but I did not know how Mm -hmm. I had to keep checking how many uh total (laughs) episodes there were gonna be (laughs) yeah and then there was one other thing that I really enjoyed oh well I feel like if you listened to our season one I think I did I didn't go back and listen to it but I did like Anthony like I liked Anthony in season one and I know a lot of people didn't because he was kind of like he was a big bitch. He was big, like yeah. fuck boy, and like was like meddling yeah, and Daphne dishbag. and stuff. But I he had, was super controlling with her. Show, yeah. yeah, but I had found him like I don't know why I liked him. Maybe because he just like wasn't mopey. Like everybody else in season sure. one, I feel like was so mopey, and yeah. so I feel like personally vindicated because man, he was great this season. Like this oh, season was just fun. Yes, it was so fun to watch. Anyway, yeah, those were my initial thoughts. And I, since you and I, I mean, we said it in the opening of this, didn't talk about it. I was like, this could really go one or two ways if one of us like hated it, you know? Right, totally, yeah, yeah. Um, but as I was watching it, I because when I started it, I was like the first like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, like if it wasn't for the podcast, I would not be watching this. Mm-hmm. Definitely not like six hours after it came out. Like, I think I watched the first episode right. before work on Friday, but- then by like episode three, I was like, I'm so glad that the podcast forced me to watch this. And also now mm-hmm. that I've seen it before everybody, because like, I'll be able to talk about it with. Yeah, with right. Like yeah, everyone else now. too. Watches it at like a normal pace. <laughs> yeah. People who don't watch like six episodes in one day or seven episodes in one day. But right. did you have any other just initial overall thoughts between season one and two well, before? Um, I was pretty optimistic um, mm-hmm. after watching the trailer. Um, because... Uh, it, yeah, it just looked like I, I think we did actually talk to, text a little bit about the trailer and because it did sort of like make the news when they dropped it like a week or two ago where I was like, okay, like love the two new sisters, love a love triangle. Like I'm already like looking like I think like th- what they're laying out looks like something I would enjoy. So like I'm feeling hopeful. I didn't even watch the trailer. Really? That's how much <laughs> I was like, I was like, we're going to watch it. So like why get pre-annoyed? was my thought process. Like if I'm going to, if I, I didn't like season one so much that I was like, well, we're already doing season two. So like, if I see this trailer and it's like, I see one mopey, like if I, I don't, I just don't think I like Daphne that much. Um, I learned that this in season two as well. Like the way she speaks, I think it's just a little bit like condescending. (laughs) Um, and like, I don't know, but yeah, so I didn't even, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Like when Mm-hmm. It got so far along. I was like, this love triangle is going too far for what I would do. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to go into bits and jokes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to start with the queen's wig. I don't know if it was supposed to be a bit, but it was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I also, okay. So I think because I, I will say like to our listeners, I don't think I said this, but like when we recorded Bridgerton the first time I had COVID and so, but like 
2020 COVID. And so when I watched it, that could also be why I hate it so much, but I was like, so out of it. No, I I hated it. And I watched it with a sound mind. Yeah. I did not have a sound mind. So like this could be like extremely obvious to everybody, but it really hit me like a ton of bricks in the season two, that that's like the queen of England. Like I kind of thought that it was just like the queen of their little, like their their little little world. And like, same, I think I feel that way with like Peter the great, like that they're controlling more than just the people we see, but I forget that. But every time they would say like the queen of England, I was like, oh, this isn't like the hunger games. Like I thought it was like the hunger games. (laughs) right like yeah, I was like no, each se- sure. like each sanction had their own queen yes 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 you know I do think that in the great they I think they remind us way more about like the fact that they are controlling like an entire country because they like go to war and shit like that mm-hmm. whereas and, and we're like in the perspective of the king and the queen right like that's not really the main character like the queen is not the main character in this story. right like, she's absolutely like a side character so and like none of these people really like they never really talk about going to war they never really talk about like the poor people that are outside the town right like mm-hmm. that doesn't really I mean it sort of comes up in this season because Eloise has started to like become someone who goes to the bad side of town quote unquote with like the normal people mm-hmm. but like outside of that they don't the really universe do feels really small like England yes it's just yeah, London it right it really is just London and then this beautiful Aubrey Hall that we get to go to this season oh my god but, I loved um, it so gorgeous oh my god and like every time they showed um, the outside of the Bridgers and South, I was like it's so beautiful yep, With like yep, the gorgeous so loved good. it but okay so my the first time I wrote a joke count in the first season or first episode was when they're at the ball and Anthony's like I'm just gonna wait till the queen names who the diamond is and then I'll just marry her pretty much and Benedict goes well what what happens if the queen names Eloise (laughs) (laughs) I will say I think what do you do now then (laughs) I think that's something too that season two benefited from that season one didn't have is that the siblings were so established that I like genuinely enjoyed all of the other kids storylines mm-hmm. like um like I really enjoyed like Benedict and Colin and Eloise like so much more this go around yes like Benedict and Colin so had I their love, own storylines yes I love the Bridgertons like I love them now <laughs> just love love them like they're great I love that they're like I love that we don't have to deal with the drama of are they the top dog in this world or not yeah towards the end they're like our family's on the brink of ruin but never really right it really felt like this like social ruin it wasn't like but it's financial ruin. term yeah right yeah yeah it wasn't financial ruin it was social misstep basically that was like to me it really felt temporary right mm-hmm. like even though like it was like oh people they haven't forgotten about it I was surprised nobody came to the ball but like I guess not super shocked again it all just seems so they're still I think royalty wise like he's still the viscount which mm-hmm. I think is like the top like as close to the queen as you can get I think I looked that up last season but I, I just remember the Bridgertons being way higher than I thought they were in the mm-hmm. pecking order of uh like what being a viscount actually meant it might it's, be under the duke because I feel like yeah it's like right under being a duke I don't know that's right I didn't know or at least I'd forgotten so the order of English noblemen goes Duke, Marquise, Earl, Viscount, and lastly, Baron. Maybe I was so shocked after discovering this 
in season one because that makes Daphne's jump from a Viscount family to a Duke pretty incredible. But I digress. There you have it, the list of hierarchy in the dawn. And that shit is locked in stone, right? Like, unless they, like, take their title away, like, Mm-hmm. they're still going to be the Viscount family, right? So, Well, and it got even to the point where they were like, there. the Queen of England vouched for our family, so I guess we're okay. Right. Like, I, that was like right. the actual thing that was said. That's, yes, I think, another time sure. I was like, that's the Queen of England. Right. No, sorry, <laughs> the Queen of England. Queen of England. But um, I, I was just really glad that, yeah, I, I was so happy to see them. And they are like so funny together. Yeah. And they like love each other. I don't know. I really enjoy that. Right. They, they, they all know each other very well, it seems like, which is also fun. They seem like actual siblings. Whereas I right. feel like a lot of shows we watch, it's like they're strangers who like hate each other. <laughs> they like get yeah. annoyed in like a normal way, but like at the end of the yes. day, love each other. their banter is very good. My runner, I don't have that many jokes written down, but my other runner is just anytime I think her, I can't think of what her name is. Prudence maybe would say she was marrying cousin Jack and the mom would be like, stop saying cousin. Stop calling him that. <laughs> like the cousin Jack of it all was just so funny. Anytime Jack, she was I like, agree. cousin Jack won't even dance with me since our engagement. And they're like, stop saying cousin. Like please I just loved that whole runner. Of, yeah, uh, that dialogue. was amazing. Yeah, I love that. All of my um, jokes are like very like in the moment. I just was enjoying the show. Same, me too. I The next one I wrote down was Colin saying he wasn't alone because he was with himself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know if that was supposed to be a joke, but I laughed out loud. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was supposed and to be a joke be either. Like, Wait. Because <laughs> also I liked that they left us on like a little bit of a cliffhanger where he was like, I was never alone. And then he got pulled away and then came back and Penelope was like, so you're with a girl. And he was like, no. I was it might have been a little entire different episode, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was that was a great little like thing because I was I don't know so funny that's one of the plots I, I have some issues with second, but for one second I thought it, the whole thing was gonna be a, like he didn't actually leave you know like he was just on the other side of London and just was yeah. lying basically about being in Greece but that never really happened <laughs> I like the that like even in the like what is it the the Regency era even like people who study abroad are just like annoying whenever do you know what I mean? Like he really played into like the kid who like studied abroad for one the Barcelona semester. Of it all. Yeah, the Barcelona. Yeah, like he, it was like, shut up, we get it. Like you went to Greece. Like, You're like cool, we, we're done with that. Um, so I think this was more because now that I'm when I wrote it down, I laughed, but now that I'm gonna have to read it out loud, people are gonna be like, not funny. When Kate and Anthony are at playing the Paul Mall and they get mm-hmm. stuck in the mud. And she yes. went in to get it. And he was like staring at his boots and then at her. And she was like, are you worried about my boots? And he says, don't worry about my boots. And then gets in it. Made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Again, I don't know why. I thought that was so funny. Well, that <laughs> whole scene was so cute. Loved it. Yeah. But the don't worry about my boots really got me. As like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe going back to like it's how like, high his title is. Kind of like, well, yeah, it's high. Also, it like ties back into like how hyper competitive they are. Yeah. Yes. Right. Because it was Love almost that. sort of of that, right? Of like, she didn't necessarily. I don't know. She was like goading like, him. Oh, you're not going to care about your shoes. I'm not going to care more. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like, come get it. We'll like just cheat. And it's like, yeah, I really enjoyed that whole yeah. little scene. That was so cute. Um, my next one is Anthony, like not knowing what poetry is for, like just straight up like not getting it. <laughs> and that like little like 
I don't know, spat he had with Benedict about it, basically, where he was like, I just don't understand. And Benedict's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's it not to get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, write it down. And like, was going to read Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> they just did such a good job of explaining who Antony was in like the yeah. first like four episodes. Like they did, because I feel like he's, they gave the backstory for him was so well developed that all of the crazy that we thought in season one was explained in season two. Yeah. Like not marrying for love, like all of that stuff. I just think they did a way better job than this was one of my initial thoughts, but I think I wrote it in my phone notes and not my iPad notes Um, was like, I, we, I feel like the Duke's thread of like not wanting to have kids because his dad was mean to him was like so flimsy and like, didn't really make sense because you can control the way you parent. You have way more control of the way you parent versus- It was a really flimsy argument. I didn't love that. Also, I was like, how are you like, you're, the dad was dead. <laughs> like, you're not proving anything to him. Yeah. If you believe in ghosts, yeah. that's as strong of an argument that you had. It's like the ghost of your dad is going to be upset with you that you never had kids. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Whereas this season, reason? Anthony, like- not wanting to marry for love because he saw how much it hurts when you lose that love made sense. Made sense why he, why he never really wanted to be in a relationship in season one made sense why he was marrying for like duty versus love. Um, Like it made sense. It totally made sense. And like how much we saw his mom mourn. Yeah. Remind me if, did they do any flashbacks in season one? I couldn't remember if they did. If they did, I slept through it. Dear listener, as I'm sure you remembered, and we did not, there were several flashback scenes in the first season of Bridgerton. So, are bad for forgetting about them. My next joke mm-hmm. is, or is it your turn? Uh, you go. I only have no. Three I more. just no. I just went because I poetry came. Okay. With only my family to talk to, I've begun to talk to trees, which is what Eloise says. And then Colin responded with, are you saying I'm wooden? (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that one. (laughs) That was hilarious. Mine is Lord Featherington, like Loki hitting on Lady Featherington. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. I enjoyed that for sure. Every time. And then Um, like, it took her like a while to believe it. I feel like every time it happened, she was like, is this happening? (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? like in her head she'd be like what but yeah, was, yeah it was very funny to me okay my next one is another Eloise which is when <clears> she <throat> goes into the dress shop and says I'm not here for dresses but I'm here to dress you down yeah. <laughs> um I loved that um this was just something that made me laugh it wasn't a joke but this happens in the wedding episode we've moved into like the wedding episode section of my notes in the like conversation between Benedict, Anthony, and Daphne, right? Like the three of them are like sort of helping him get ready or whatever. Like there they are drinking really while he's in there. Somewhere along the way, Anthony refers to Daphne as the Duchess. Like he's, oh, like, oh, the Duchess has an opinion about something. I would love nothing more than the person I marry causes my brothers to have to refer to me as the (laughs) Duchess. And like not in a bitchy, sarcastic way. Like genuinely, that's my title. Although, of course, like doing it in a bitchy way is fine and funny. But like actually, like that's factually 
new name like name upgrade I'm a duchess um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would just love that I so I love that for her in that moment I guess yeah I remember when the casting came out and it was like Phoebe her name starts with last her last name starts with a d like driver or whatever is going to be back for a few episodes but Jean Page wasn't coming back um, so mm-hmm. it was like, we're gonna have the Duchess without the Duke. And I remember people being like, well, I'm not watching it, blah, 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 all this stuff. The Duke's the best. But I actually thought they used her really, really well. And he wasn't missing from the story. Not really. No. Like, it, like it, if, he, if he would have been there, it would have totally changed the dynamic in a way that I don't think would have been beneficial. And the focus. Yeah. Like, like Anthony but, didn't need but, a friend. Like he no, had his family. Absolutely not. Like, could he have been in attendance at like the wedding and like the group events and like kind of stood there with like almost no lines? Sure. But like, did we need it? No. I don't feel like it. Focus. Yes. Like, yeah. I feel like everybody was so worried it was going to leave like this big, like gaping hole in Mm -hmm. like the show. And I don't think it did at all. I think people forgot that Daphne moved out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, Like, she didn't live there, you know? Yeah um that kid was so cute though oh my god it's when he was like walking so my last one is when they were planning to do the Bridgerton ball and so all of the family was sitting in that room and I don't know the harmony ball yeah for some I think some somehow Kate and Anthony had to like they like were looking at each other and Edwina just screamed was I that was I really that blind but the way she said it was so like seriously like no one else saw this exasperated yeah yeah, has it always been this obvious so that was my last joke. Yeah. But I was I was giggling because I was like, yeah, yeah, you kind of were. Yeah, I wrote that one down too. That was really funny. How like, yeah, the way that that um actress delivered that was like perfect. Like she nailed it. And she was um, so fucking likable. Yes. I'm glad they amazing. didn't make one of the sisters like horrible. I agree. Yeah, she was a great, <laughs> she was a great diamond. <laughs> she was a great diamond. Um nailed it for sure. So I have a, just two more, and that is the Bridgertons looking pissed in the front row of that wedding, or at least Daphne and Lady Bridgerton. They were both like, this is not really it. Like, yeah. there's much afoot here, and like, we don't think he's marrying for love. We know it's like, can confirm. And so them just like being so stone-faced in the front row, I laughed. And then honestly, again, this was not a joke, but in the wedding, have as soon as I realized that they were where everyone was going to be standing at the altar I also laughed out loud because I was like having Kate be off slightly like off of Edwina's right shoulder or whatever like literally just behind visually like right in the periphery I was like this is not gonna go well this is hysterical that they like they've set this up this way and like based on the dynamic right and that was like before the whole bracelet kerfuffle but I was just like this is not gonna end well um the that scene in particular really reminded me of the Julia Roberts underrated runaway bride which has mm -hmm. my favorite like rom-com falling in love moment of all time where I almost was like oh my god are they gonna kiss like is he gonna lean over and kiss Kate like go full runaway (laughs) bride um right (laughs) but I will say I remember thinking when I was I've only been a maid of honor once, but like I was, when I was watching them do their vows, I kept like 
I was like, I was looking at the group too, because of where right. I was standing. And you were so close. Yeah, And yeah. I was so close. So I was like, this is kind of weird that I can only see his facial expression. Like, you know, you like stand with like the bride, right. if you're on right. their side, but then you just stare at their husband the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, all I saw was his facial reactions. And I was like, oh yeah, you, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not part of this conversation, but I'm so close. You, you felt like you were. You so I fell. liked that they did that for Anthony and Kate. Like, yeah. I don't know. The season was like very, very romance novel but in a, mm-hmm. in a way that like I totally bought into where I was yeah, like, they no, are soulmates. They do love each other. I, oh, it I bought it like 110%. Yeah. There's never and, a doubt in my mind. <laughs> I literally like Googled vexed because I was like, is that hate or love? Like, I was like, I can't tell what the way right. they're. I thought it was it. love it's until annoyance. at the end. Yeah. Until the end when she uses it again in a negative context where she was like there's like the way it was in the context later I was like oh it means like frustrate sort of yeah I think it was when they were doing their like proclamation of love and she was like I love you but I can't promise that you're not gonna vex me every day right 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 and he was like is that a promise and I was like okay so it it's like frustration or Mm -hmm. like bother or like buttheads whatever but But I I think that's probably like the enemies to lovers trope is like so popular in mm-hmm. books, but I feel like in TV shows or movies, it kind of sometimes falls flat where it's like mm-hmm. a, they go too hard on the hate. And so then when they like yeah. switch to falling in love, you're like, I don't, I don't really buy it. Like you kind of need the slow burn of the softening and um, they just really killed it. I bought yeah, it like by episode three, I was like, never... they love each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I think it helped that the way that they met was like the horseback riding in the park thing right where it was he was already into her whatever was going on with her not knowing even who she was and that they also met and were introduced I think before the sister was named the diamond Mm -hmm. too right like so it wasn't like he was just targeting the sister the entire time because I think that would have been different Kate would have been the enemy the entire time but because they set it up where the she, the sister wasn't like the object of Anthony's desires or or like whatever until like a little bit later we, it like gave them some time to like get on like a little bit of an equal footing yeah I think the smartest thing they did story-wise was making it so that Edwina was always very clear that he didn't love her like Anthony never lied to her he was just like you would make a good wife because of these yes. qualities and none of them were romantic And Mm -hmm. so whenever, so that made it so that I never felt like he was playing both of them. Like he was listening to Kate and telling Edwina the truth, Mm -hmm. being like our values line up. And like, I think he he never lied to her. That was really important. I think for us, like not like villainizing Anthony because he was a big asshole. Well, it was only eight episodes, right? So they didn't really have enough time to redeem him if they would have gone too hard. And and also I I was thinking about it when we were prepping and I, it didn't, it was like, they had like 25% of the story, but then the rest of the characters really got, Eloise had a lot of story this season. Penelope, the feathering tents had a ton of story this season. Like it wasn't as heavily um, focused on the love story. Yeah. Should we like move? Yeah. Let's go to heartbreak and then okay. we'll move in. Get into all those plots, you know, we'll get there. I know. Um, I see those to me, like, just feel like grand observations, but you're right. They are plots. Yes. What was your heartbreak scene? Yeah. Okay. So my heartbreak scene 
was a contender for my single best scene, but I decided not to do that. And I just picked one, look at me, following the rules. They're at the grave, right? And Anthony says that he basically refuses to marry somebody he loves because he was so traumatized by his mother's total mental breakdown after his dad died. Not only was it about that, right? Like, although that's what he says, right? He was like, I can't cause anyone as much pain as he caused you basically by dying. But also we know that it also affected him, right? Like the whole the whole dad dying thing was very traumatic for him in like a lot of ways. Him being like having to change his whole personality basically, which is what they repeat a couple of times. So we already know that. And that's also sad that like basically he had to grow up too fast. And like all of a sudden was in charge. Like that flashback when the doctor was like, do you want to save your mom or your sibling? I was like, this poor kid is like 16. Yeah, He doesn't fucking know. Like he's still wearing the writing outfit he was in like with his dad, hunting outfit that he had on when his dad like suddenly died out of nowhere. Um, and I did love in that scene so, that he was like, she can decide. Like, I, I don't know. Right. Like, let, like yes. Whatever she says, I agree with, which is like, yeah the way I think that family has stayed so close yeah, is like Anthony's agree. in charge, but he listens to his mom. So, oh, 100%. Well, and like, even that scene was super sad too, because that flashback was so sad because she was like, I shouldn't have to explain this to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like my husband should be here. The doctor shouldn't be asking anyone any fucking questions because like my husband would know what to do. He would know what to say. Like Anthony was like, mom, like, what is he saying? Like, you know, she's having to explain whatever the whole thing. And she was just so upset. And she was like, none of this should be happening. None of this should be happening. You know, and it was so heartbreaking to like now, like immediately see how she was having to deal with it. So yes. Um, But yeah, I guess to really pinpoint finding us all finding out why Anthony like refuses to marry somebody he loves made in my opinion, deeply more sense than the Duke's um, shit. Dad thinking he's dumb because he's like dyslexic or whatever it was. Um, (laughs) Mine also is about Violet and Anthony and was also a contender for my single best scene. But it is when Violet's like sitting in their like drawing room or the office or whatever. And and Anthony comes in and like is trying to get her out. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I feed the kids. I get up, I do all this stuff. And then I sit down and Mm. wish that like I was with my, I basically wish that I was dead. Like I want to be with my husband. And like, Mm -hmm. it was so heartbreaking. Oh yeah. Because he was like, mom, can you please start coming to family dinner again? And she was like, nope, I'm I'm doing the best. And I think that like, I mean, all of the things you said about like learning why Anthony like grew up so fast and like wasn't mm-hmm. like jokey and like not a heartbreak scene but like it 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 folded really well into when Gregory was like kind of scared of Anthony and was like was am I like dad or was I like you and like yeah. showing that this family really was it like trauma bonded by the death of this father mm-hmm. but that those young kids don't know him because right. they like loved him so much they couldn't even talk about him mm-hmm. so that was my thing and as I said I mean you and I have said it multiple times but just like so much great backstory for like why Anthony yeah. like wouldn't slept with Sian in the first season and like why he does like casual relationships versus like falling in love and even why like while his feelings for Kate were overwhelming he picked Edwina because mm-hmm. he like could not do that right and like yeah I did like that Violet finally like apologized to him for being like that was too much for a kid like right you shouldn't have <laughs> seen that much of it um yeah. But yeah. Okay. So why don't we take a really quick break and yep. then we'll come back and go through all of the plots that I haven't already talked about accidentally. Yeah, too early. Let's do it. 
All right. Know, it's all right. We're doing our best. <laughs> We're always doing our best, guys. It's like every time we record, it's like the first time. Have that impassioned plea. Seriously, guys, watch it at least for no other reason so that you will know what we're talking about on our next episode and yeah we'll see you guys next week all right and we're back let's talk about some plots let's get into plots so if you want to ping pong you go first um sure so i loved the race that was my first episode. one too <laughs> yes oh my gosh great yeah i thought it was really fun and I thought that it was like a good way to get everybody together and outside and you know it was cute to see them be competitive with each other and the whole lemonade thing and Anthony always you know he's always got a plan (laughs) yeah when he had the the other guy come to like kind of woo Kate like I did Mm -hmm. like that he was trying so hard to impress Edwina even going so far to buy her a horse when it was like a fictional horse so I loved that. I was laughing so hard yeah oh and when she was like oh no I like cats <laughs> she was like I only like she likes Newton that one little dog she's like I like things that sit in my lap like not horses <laughs> not an entire horse yeah you really like really overshot it there with that gift with me so my next one we don't have to go into a lot of a lot of detail but just like truly like learning the backstory of what happened to the Bridgerton dad I can't think of what his name is Edmund maybe and like seeing all of that perspective um I thought it not only was good but like I at the time when I was watching and I was like it's so dumb that he got taken down by a bee but then I was like oh no given like this time in history they did die from things like that because they like didn't know that they were allergic to bees because I mean, for my personal um, enjoyment and viewing, the fact that then Kate got stung by a bee and Anthony like lost his mind because he was so afraid of her dying um, was very satisfying. I was, I got a lot of satisfaction out of that as a viewer being like, oh my God, he loves her so much. And this was so romantic. And like, also not everybody dies from a bee sting. <laughs> like right. that payoff um, was just really good. And they couldn't have done it if he was like shot at war. <laughs> totally. Um, trampled by a horse or something. That makes sense. It just yeah, he he was just be allergic, right? Yeah, he could have just been super allergic. Well, it's hard to believe that that was that guy's first feasting. But But also that he was like bending down to get flowers for his wife. I don't know. And then the fact that it played into like Kate getting stung by a bee and having to calm Anthony down. (sighs) True romance. Apparently, that was not how they did that scene in the book. Okay. Um the bee sting scene with Kate apparently he tries like he tries to like suck the venom out of the bee sting like in her neck something about it else that was like it was the whole thing was just like a little bit like the dynamic was different yes dear listener so the bee sting in the book not only does it involve Anthony trying to suck the venom out of Kate's feasting, but while he's doing this, they are caught by the mamas and Lady Fatherington. So they essentially have been caught in a compromising position, and the pair is left with no choice but to get married or risk Kate's reputation being ruined forever. So Obviously, that's a big departure from what the show decided to do, but um, now you know. I think I maybe, I think maybe I was reading the Vulture review or something, 
and they like point and at least that author was like I thought this was like a better decision like for tv or for whatever like because that would have been like really aggressive and like very weird and it was like you said better that they let Kate realize that he was having an anxiety attack basically mm-hmm. and like calmed him down because then that their dynamic you know what I mean put them on more equal footing in terms of she has seen him now in a vulnerable position right exactly and And they can like read each other not just when they're angry yes right and like she's being competitive she doesn't just vex him she can also calm him down right yes 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 and also that he obviously loves her because he was terrified she was gonna die oh yeah for sure and also like he also got the full circle of like him explaining that his dad died from the beasting later so yes. she uh, knew it wasn't just us who knew she did eventually also know this is kind of jumping ahead um but like still within a plot but I thought it was so interesting that in episode like seven when they were at the harmony ball and Miss Sharma 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 yeah mm-hmm. was Sharma. dancing with Anthony and was like Kate has given up so much for this family and she's been like whatever that it took them him that long to realize that Kate had sacrificed like that Kate was so similar to him in sacrificing that he so had like- that was weird I thought we I thought he knew that the whole time like, same we all knew that yeah like why wasn't she looking for herself like I don't know I just like her his his facial reaction to it made me wonder like yeah is there something else that I missed in that scene because he was like da- like awestruck by the fact that she was the Antony of her family Absolutely, 100%. The conversation about Kate's role within her own family and how it mirrors Anthony's was something that got brought up to Anthony um, at the dinner with the Sheffields, if not like sprinkled repeatedly throughout the series. So yeah, we're still not sure why he seemed to act like this was brand new information when he's dancing with her mother towards the end of the show. But um, yeah. It was not the first time he heard this, for sure. I guess on some level, he knew that they were similar because she was like the gatekeeper for the sister, which is exactly what he, he was Daphne's gatekeeper this season couple four. So maybe he like knew that they were at least similar in that way, but maybe he just didn't know how That's... similar their mothers looked at their roles within their family, right? Because right. at this point, Anthony had already had this conversation with his mother where the mother was like, sorry. Yeah. That- <laughs> you did too much <laughs> like, like you I abdicated <laughs> yeah. yeah like all responsibility to you there for like god knows how long yeah um, so maybe that was it no that one makes sense it just was like his his face was so and he's a theater actor yes um I was surprised also that he was so surprised I he was so that. surprised anyway let's yeah. we can go back to like episode three but anyway I just talking mm-hmm. about the way they did the slow reveal um we've already talked about this a little bit but I just really loved Again, how they used Daphne this season. Um, it felt like the exact right amount to me. And like she had the correct amount of lines. She was in the correct amount of episodes. Like we did get to see the cat. Um, that adorable baby. 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 <laughs> um, and got like reminded that um, Lady Danbury is the godmother. And um, yeah. I just felt, and they fixed the baby bangs again. We're going to say this again. Fix the baby bangs season. <laughs> it was awesome. not offensive. That for us. So crazy um, in the time that she was on season one and season two, she dated Pete Davidson in real life. Just, I'd like everyone, any of our listeners to remember that that actress dated Pete Davidson. Anyway. On the long list. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did it look like to you in the finale that Daphne was pregnant again? 
Yes. I couldn't tell. It kind of did, but then like the way those dresses are just not like they don't do anybody any They're favors. Awful. So, especially her. I, I think would, especially her body because she's so skinny. Yeah. That, like I think, and however her body is shaped underneath it, I often thought she looked pregnant in the first season, knowing she was not. Like it was absolutely. And she's like a yet. tiny person. I just think it's like where the absolutely. the um. Empire waist really tits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought this show could be like the log line when they like make fun of it on Saturday Night Live or whatever. It could just be like heavy breathing cleavage and secrets. Like it was just a bunch yeah. of women heavy breathing and like camera angles <laughs> at their cleavage that was too high because the waist started like at their nipple. Like I felt yes. so bad for the actress who played Penelope. I was like, her cleavage must have just been like attacking her face the whole season. Yes. Um, also like a lot a lot of the older women like lady danbury's like the corset also must have gone up super high whereas like there was like a cliff like a boob Mm -hmm. cliff right where it's like cleavage just like spilling over the top Mm -hmm. and it actually didn't occur to me until i heard little known actress meryl streep's daughter um (laughs) interviewed for gilded age where you know they were like asking about the costumes and sort of unprompted I guess well they're talking about costumes but like not specifically the courses and stuff but like so to me it felt unprompted that um Meryl Streep's daughter she was like yeah wearing a corset for 13 hours a day was really fucking brutal and I was like right like that is actually like how long shooting days are and you can't just like take it off between takes like you're fucking in that thing all day for like days on end like it seems really miserable I don't really know if they really had these women in corsets I don't think the costume was like they're so thin the dresses seemed so thin dresses were thin like they might have had them in Spanx because it was very smooth yeah so it was confirmed by Simone Ashley they absolutely wore corsets while filming Bridgerton oops um so kind of going off of what you said about Daphne having the right amount of screen time I loved the Paul Mall or whatever croquet yes. game yes. and I also loved that she was like doing what any sister would do which was like being like you're gonna marry this girl okay and then being like you do not love her you love Kate like you want someone who's gonna challenge you and this girl like is so overly like uh agreeable right. And Uh not competitive. And like, I thought that was the perfect setting for the family too, to see it where like, while Daphne was the only person that like actually caught him in feelings with Kate, right? Like in the room or whatever. I don't think anybody else in the family was like surprised when that came out because of that one game. It was like the perfect way for everyone to be like, seems sus, but like (laughs) he says he loves her. So like, I don't care. Like, totally. you know what I mean? Like none of the other siblings. They all that did much. really get to witness it. Yeah. But they got to witness how well Kate and Anthony like worked together too. And that she like wasn't scared yes. of him, which I think so many yeah. people are scared of him. Yes. Because yeah, he no, even says really later on, like, I don't mean to be this scary. Yeah. He's like, my whole family is like scared of me. Scared or hates me. me. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit surprised though. I guess going back to the, speaking of Paul Mall, um, it was also nice that they full circled it, right? Like there they were playing at the end. Um, if I was and, like, playing with my, stop making out. <laughs> if I was playing with my brother and he kept making out that aggressively, I'd be like, "We're not playing. Like go away." <laughs> like the fact that me. they were all like just there, I was like, "No, this is too intimate." Yeah, it was too much. It was too much. I was like, "Please leave the game." Um, and everybody's just smiling but, and clapping. I was like, "So weird." 
was so weird. I thought it was also, I mean, I know that time is a factor in these shows, but I was a little surprised that there was no follow-up scene with the both of them getting muddy. You know, when they fell into the into the mud, it mm-hmm. was super cute. Mm-hmm. And they're both covered in mud. That when they walked back to the field, nobody was like, Why are you guys covered in mud? Right. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it just cut to like I was just surprised because they set that up. They were so dirty. They fell in like the whole thing, right? Um, I don't know. I did love that scene though. I know we've already talked about it, but it was very cute. I almost wonder if they shot it and then realized it would have been too, um, like too hard for Edwina to not be like, so what's going on with you? Like, because she got to spend so much of the show knowing that Kate hated air quotes hated Angie, Mm -hmm. and had she seen that, I think it would have it would have been like so wait y'all get a lot like it would have opened up it would have a been lot harder for her to be in the dark for so long yeah yeah but I agree um, it was but yeah because then it just went to them like tossing and turning and not being able to sleep right or well well actually they had her hit the ball towards the grave and oh that's right so then Kate and actually I was actually really glad that Kate on her own was able to figure out like that um Anthony was like still really like affected by his dad's death um Mm -hmm. without somebody having to tell her well and then Um, Eloise was the one that was like well you hit the ball towards our dad's grave and like he like that's so like maybe they could see some of that um, too because when they were sitting outside yeah I also loved that she made an effort to be like friends with his sisters yeah because then it was like oh this is gonna work her friendship with Eloise I wonder, like, they haven't announced casting for season three yet, right? Mm-mm. We don't know who to follow. Uh, yeah, it's going to follow Benedict. Oh, Benedict's going to be next? In the books, he's next. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know if they're going to have him go next. Um, it seems impossible that we're going to have to sit through another fucking season of um, Colin and Penelope. I even this season I had our time I was like more of this like nothing about their relationship actually changed at all this season and it's just excruciating to watch poor Penelope absolutely okay we we can we can do this I've got but three notes on Colin and Penelope (laughs) okay great so well to to refocus on the casting in season three I hope that they don't pull uh uh Ray John Page Renee, mm-hmm. Renee, Sean Page, right? Mm-hmm. The Duke. I hope they don't like whole situation with him again where he like refuses to be in the next season because I actually want both of these girls to be in the next season. I would be fine with, or like, I don't know. I hope that they stick around and or resurface kind of in some kind of like Daphne-esque way for Eloise in particular I think Kate needs to be around for Eloise because they're both like a friendship sort of was blossoming with them right in this season I'm hoping it's laying the groundwork for them to continue to be like uh friends and also now that Kate's like sort of in charge of this family like I think that I hope that like that's going to come into play 
with like managing Eloise because obviously like Violet is not doing a very good fucking job of it um Mm -hmm. so I'm hopeful that Kate will get involved that way and with Edwina I hope that she does marry the prince and I hope that that is just sort of like they attend the wedding right like it's some sort of like good resolution for her in the background because she was like such a lovely addition I thought and like a great actress and stuff and maybe she can be friends with someone I don't know who I'm totally fine with her being like a B or C plot like an absolute background only in a couple episodes but I would love to see her again and I hope that Kate's recurring like straight up just recurring as a family member right well and it'll be interesting I have a feeling they will because of their title and the family and like he Mm-hmm. And like, maybe even if Anthony's not in it as much, cause he was like, this job requires me to be away from my family a lot, but totally, yeah. um, they did also set up. So if it's going to be about Benedict, I'm not sure as much, but like, I agree with Eloise's story because her and Penelope ended on such bad terms. She's going yeah. to need like a friend. Totally. Um, that's like not Benedict or Colin. So it'll be interesting <laughs> right. to see. And like, this is, well, this is only one down from my next plot, but I actually really, really enjoyed Benedict's art school storyline. Me too. I was so pissed he quit. I know I'm so pissed he quit, but so hopefully it is. I don't, I like read the back of the books to see who they were about, but like, I didn't read enough about like, I don't know what his storyline is going to be. Obviously a love story of some sort. Um, It is kind of interesting to me that they like completely abandoned his like bisexual storyline that they kind of started in season one, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Didn't we talk about how like he was, maybe I don't know I, I think maybe so it was still yeah, was... To. but um yeah. I think it was probably just alluded to because really the all of that was just about the Duke and Daphne like yeah season one was so focused on them but I really liked the art school storyline I thought it was really smart for him to like the model who was modeling to take to learn yeah. um and I liked that he I think probably from being around Eloise like respects that like women also want an education and like should be doing that stuff so I like that he seems to be the most like open-minded of all of the Bridgertons in that regard oh for sure um because one of my like favorite plots was his friendship with Eloise yes like I really liked how they were like there for each other it it, yeah him quitting art school was first of all bratty yeah surprisingly bratty of him I thought like okay so you found out that your brother donated a shit ton of money and instead of being like glad that your brother cared because I feel like he feels a lot of time acting like Anthony doesn't give a shit about him mm-hmm. um instead of being grateful that he did that and also ergo wasting the money that the brother donated um and like because he seemed to really be enjoying art school it gave him his own friends it gave him his own thing to do I don't and know he was good the at it they're gonna he was right he was generally good at I don't know what the fuck they're gonna have him do in his season I I did really like art school it was really frustrating and that okay real missed opportunity he just quits he doesn't say hey would have been a great time for him to be like well I'm gonna quit anyway but I'm gonna quit and like give my spot to this lady or like whatever make it some sort of political thing where it's like he's trying to help her because we know that that's not who he falls in love with either because according to the books he falls in love with someone named Sophie paraflip um but that's what like his book is about it's Benedict and Sophie so and that girl's name was not Sophie so we know it's not her long term but like the fact that he just like fucking quit I was like what well and my so bratty to me my one critique 
of the pacing was that so much happened in the last like 15 minutes, but for all of the characters. So like Benedict found out yeah. about art school and then was like standing in an empty room. So like alluding to the fact that he quit, but I was like, I, yeah, like, I at that point, art at that point I was like, I don't really care about this. Like, are, are they, are we going to see the marriage? Like, are we going to see if she gets pregnant? Mm-hmm, like I was like, mm-hmm. get back to the love story. Like, I don't need Absolutely. to see like Penelope, like putting ink on a thing. I like, I want to see the love story. Um, right. so yeah, but I agree. I liked it. I also liked, uh, Eloise's point of like, you don't know if you wouldn't have gotten in, like, why not just assume that you would have gotten in? Like you are talented and you're doing right. well there. And then also this is a little bit like, I mean, a modern day example is the like varsity blues scandal, right. Where all of these parents like mm-hmm. did all that stuff. And then I think it was like T.I. or T.P.A. I don't remember. Some rapper came out and was like, I didn't do that for my kids. And it's like, no, you have a music school in your name. So like, I think even the name, Bridger- <laughs> the name Bridgerton would have got him in. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't, right. it's really, really hard to like, earn come on. with yeah. a name that that is that high in standing. So you would think that by like, so Anthony's 28. So he's like probably 26, 27. Cause Anthony's mm-hmm. the oldest that like, mm-hmm he would have learned to accept that like his name just carries a greater weight than everybody else's. Right. I don't know. I thought that it was interesting that he cared so much. I agree. Maybe that'll play it into the plot of his story of like not I feeling mean, like I'm assuming, but it was so weird that like they had him all of a sudden care about this. Cause it felt like Colin has cared more about like quote unquote, like being his own person, right? Like finding mm-hmm. his own way to make a mark. Where Benedict always just seems to be just like fucking vibing, right? Yeah, like, Benedict's like he's just like the cool, and... chill hippie brother. Yeah. So right for him to suddenly care, I was like, what is happening? But yeah, yeah. maybe all will be revealed in in uh, in three. But um, okay. But now I... I'm like back on the Bridgerton train, so I believe it will be. Like I'm confident yeah, that they'll right? take care of it. We got so explained out with Anthony, so maybe we'll understand everything about being the second oldest son. Yeah. Um, which is of course like its whole entire like goddamn literary category of not being the first son but being the second son that like doesn't matter um but mm-hmm. uh, okay next plot point I was glad to see the boxer on my screen because he's so hot yeah I did not care about his club I my worst is that was not something I cared about my worst was we needed more Will storyline for him popping up three times to make sense. Right. It feels like they cut an important scene where he like segued himself back into the show. When he first popped up, I forgot who he was. Like I recognized him, but I was like, why do I know this guy? Mm-hmm. Well, he was like the Duke's friend, but then it was like the club's failing, but we don't really know why the club's failing. And then he could tell the mark of that, that scam is a scheme. But then it just like wasn't he wasn't a fleshed out character. It was it like no. felt it felt even unnecessary to do because I so my next thing that I really like, so this goes into the will thing is I really liked the <laughs> Featherington's like scheming. Scam. Yeah. <laughs> like the full scam on the rubies. And so yeah. Will being the one that noticed, I really liked. And he's like, I yeah. played, I fell prey to the last scam I don't want anybody else to call and yelled at him and then was like I needed to build trust that to me felt really unnecessary because we never saw Colin connect the dots that it was a scam like Colin just like took the necklace off and I was like oh he's gonna take it to his jeweler and they're gonna say it's a scam and then he just like knew it was glass so like I just felt very like it was a disjointed 
uh, arc. Absolutely. There was absolutely no, like, not one scene in his club was valuable to the plot, as far as I know. And, like, in a way where it was, like, indispensable, right? Like, nothing had to be there. We didn't have to see him. Like, it was just such a weird use of character. And I could only assume that there's some sort of long-term arc with this guy mm-hmm. and his wife in the books. Otherwise the show would have cut it out, right? Like, yeah. right? like why drag these characters through? They're obviously crunched for time. They have to make cuts from these books. That's how adaptations work. So there must be some sort of long-term payout because- Yeah, it just felt very like- they keep it in? Disjointed and like, are we- I agree. We like him- but like, because it had been, so like season one came out in December, 2020. So it's been March to 2022. So it has been a long time. So assuming that most oh. of the people watching your show aren't rewatching season one, a lot of people were probably like, oh, that guy looks familiar, but like, was he Anthony's friend? Yeah. Was he the Duke's friend? But if he's a boxing right. ring, why is this a club? Like, it just felt yeah. very like whatever, but I did really like the I completely forgot about like how the money, like how got the money to pay for it. Like it all just. Yeah. Um, but I loved the Featherington scheme. I thought it was so funny how the mom and him like bonded and like did all of the things and then how quickly she turned on him. I also loved, I was like, she's a genius. I could not believe that. Honestly, when he was like, you and I can go to America, we'll leave the girls here. I was like, I thought she was going to say yes. Like hundred percent. I don't think she likes her kids. She was like, I, I don't, I definitely don't think she does. But when she was like, so I've had the servants pack up all the stuff for you <laughs> I also love how they like thought he was going to be some like old mean guy and he was like young and hot and like mm-hmm. I don't know the every part of like a romance novel is so predictable right like we knew the whole time that Kate and Anthony were going to get together it was just like how yeah. um so I did like that their storyline was the one that provided the like air quotes mystery with like him yeah like actually being a scam artist and him going after that girl yes. not because he loved her but because he was poor and like mm-hmm. the Featherington's like manipulating Penelope to be engaged to him like it that part of it was really the only especially now that we know who Lady Whistledown is that was like the, mm-hmm. the air like the mystery of the show for sure and it was fun. yeah the engagement setup was hysterical so to me so bad like just because it's so bad well I loved also that Lady Featherington would rather scam every single person she knows instead of like letting go of this engagement Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for her daughter to marry her cousin well I think it's like her dad's I don't think Unhappily. it's blood I don't think it would, I will I don't think it's blood no. for the lady Featherington but it would be for her daughter oh oh I remember she even the like twist of knife at the end where she was like and actually my maid's like a really good forager and um <laughs> this, when my daughter has a my son daughters has a son like you're out <laughs> yeah I love that I also will I say so like it. in season one and or the duke and Daphne had to get married because they were like caught alone together and then um Penelope and Lord Featherington had to be engaged because they were caught alone together and I'm so glad that when Kate and Anthony were caught alone, Daphne didn't tell anybody and they didn't have to get engaged because yeah. then it made their love story more of a choice. So I was glad that that wasn't like, so they were alone together. So now they have to get married that Daphne was like, I'll shut up. Like, you know what you're doing. Like, I was glad that the rules okay, didn't fall through so there. I have a lot of things. Well, I have a few things to say about them being alone together. 
um, Anthony and Kate, they were alone together a lot. So much. Like, constantly. Like, so often that it's, I would kept forgetting that they weren't supposed to be alone together. And um, part of it is, of course, she's not, like, from this English society. So, like, I think that helped her be less freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. And he's a man, so he'd never give a fucking shit, right? But I was glad that they were alone together so much because their scenes with the two of them alone were the best. And yes, I was glad Daphne was the one who found them. I was also glad that Daphne said what the rest of us were thinking and was like, this is remarkably similar to how you found me. Like pointing out the hypocrisy and also the like yeah. the parallels and it being, instead of it just being like, oh, is Bridgerton just like, repeating a, you know, like a plot point for us it was like do you understand how this is the same mm-hmm. like this is the same but it's going to be the results going to be different for you right like instead of you forcing me into whatever happened I'm going to choose to be the better person here and like let y'all figure it out on your own plus I did like then really put Daphne in it with insider knowledge mm-hmm. um of their relationship which was important later in good that like I was always glad that like Daphne and Violet too were like a little bit aware of what was going on instead of Anthony just like totally being the fuck on his own with whatever was going on. It, it felt important that other family members saw it too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like their their chemistry was like so undeniable that yeah. it made it so that Anthony couldn't just like throw. I also liked that they that the undertone was like, I understand that you would be okay with this arrangement, but like, do you think it's fair for Edwina? Like, do you think that it's fair for her to not get what she wants out of a relationship? Right, totally. Um, okay, so moving right along. I loved the hunting outing. I loved that Edwina forced Kate to yes. go. Like, I loved all of it. Another time we yeah. were alone together, but Amazing. just so great. Yeah. Ugh. And the like, let me show you how to do it. I was like, oh, yeah. typical, but <laughs> never gets old. Never gets old. Not one time does that get old. <laughs> And knowing that his dad taught him how to hunt, like, in the same woods, I didn't know. It was a lot of parallel. That was very cute. Um, I love the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Just was appreciative that we got those, and we got a lot of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, my next one is I was obsessed with that dinner with the Sharma family. Yes, the Sheffields? Gasp, the Sheffields, yeah. And knowing that there was some sort of engagement thing, because it was said to Kate like very early on the letter, whatever that she needed to Mm -hmm. marry, but like not knowing what it was. And then for it to be at a dinner, which we love. We love that to be also. Okay. So I spent so much of this show in my head calling Kate Olivia, because that's her name in sex education. Um, and so then when the Sheffield showed up, I was like, Oh, it's Rupert. And then I was like, no, it's not like (laughs) he has a new character from a different show um but I loved that dinner I loved the like the fact that like the mom got a little bit of a say and like I married him I didn't get a daughter because another thing that I loved is that the the shawarma they like treated each other like family and like Mm -hmm. yes it took till episode seven or eight for the mom to say like you when I married your father I got a daughter you were you're you don't have to earn your love I loved you before I you know knew to love you or whatever and I love that that was felt throughout the whole show like it didn't feel like where the Featheringtons do where like Penelope's just like barely there so annoying but that dinner was great Anthony standing up for the family was wonderful um and then it like blew everything to hell and then it was like okay whatever they do after this point is not based on like Kate getting this money yeah and also kind of the first 
um, I think it made it so that Edwina was already kind of irritated with Kate. So when she realized that they loved each other, she was pre-mad. It wasn't like extreme heartbreak. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like that, but yeah, I loved no, that I, dinner I party. Totally and no, Violet being same. like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? Like, yes. And Lady Danbury trying to like, they kept trying to like course crack the conversation. Like they like kept trying to like get get it back on track. Pleasant conversation. And it was just like not happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Anthony was like, did you ever think about the reason that I didn't care about any of this stuff? Like I didn't care about mm-hmm. the no dowry. I didn't care about the Sheffield dinner. I didn't care. Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah so great. It didn't matter to me. In the episode with the failed wedding, mm-hmm. um, there's this moment where Lady Bridgerton sort of runs into Lady Danbury in this like random hallway room thing, like overlooking the garden. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the middle of everybody like th- nobody's we're still trying to figure out what's going on nobody knows if the wedding is gonna happen or not everyone's still trying to figure their shit out and the two of them lady bridgerton was still sort of mad coming into this day at lady danbury for like not telling her about the deal um she felt like she'd been kind of betrayed like because they've had like a solid friendship right like yeah i yeah the entire show and and they're like uh, sort of in-laws like in a loose yeah because they're sort of the parent figure Um, yeah I actually think what am I looking for like state like social standing I think they're actually like really similar Mm -hmm. within this society I think Lady Danbury is ahead a little bit because she's closer to the queen but like I think that Lady Pritcherton is like right under her or like they're at least like very similarly like very influential women like within the town right and and like they've teamed up, they've managed to make one successful match, and here they are doing a second one. But they they've ha- like sort of had a falling out basically because of the the Sheffield thing. So anyway, so they're in this random hallway, whatever, looking over thing, and um, this is right after Lady Danbury has left the Queen, where the Queen's like, "You need to fix this." Thanks. <laughs> and so then we you know here we are, and the two moms are together, or Danbury, Bridgerton are there, and um lady danbury is like honestly like this is the first time i'm in my life like i don't know what to do like i don't know how to fix this like what she's like like what do i say like i don't know whatever and first time and then like one of the two of them brings up the peacocks Mm -hmm. and like the whole scene the two these two women just like start like laugh crying hysterically because they're like we don't know what to do like this whole thing is so bizarre like why like what's happening like what's going on like um like neither of us have any idea how to fix this right like this mess that we've like not made but like have been extremely involved in um like theoretically as the wise women of this like situation like we're supposed to know what to do and we have no idea what to do and they're just like absolutely like crying laughing I don't know to me I was like this is just like amazing like sums up a lot of like their involvement and but also that like these women while being in charge of like all these like children right that are like getting married which is like the entire point of the show like also kind of at some point like throw their hands up and are like I don't know what to do like mm-hmm. y'all really took this <laughs> like somewhere it has never been before right and um well, they like, were such an unlikely pairing for most of the season that yeah. when they were like kind of fighting, kind of not, it was nice to see them like come back together and in a way yeah. where they were like, well, how could we, like, we can't fix this. Like, right. like this is so far gone. Than, yeah. 
No, I agree. I feel like in that moment too, they plans like whatever they decide we're going to stick together after this. So like, yeah, we're going to do the right, box exactly. and we're going to do the ball and all that stuff. Um, so it set up yeah, the like, right. They totally team up after that. Yes. To like yeah. fix everyone's social standing and stuff, which like they totally needed each other. Right. Like after that. Yeah. Um, and also it's like these two women are so controlled right like of anybody in this show like they're the most controlled other than the queen probably yeah it was just like so candid and like I also liked that we got to know Violet a lot more this season through the flashbacks and her conversations with Anthony it was really nice to see her as like a fully formed person yeah instead of just like a supportive mother of like a bride which is what she was really relegated to in season one yeah plus like her involvement with Daphne we I think like complained about it some in our pod about like it was a little toxic sometimes mm-hmm. what like Violet was encouraging or discouraging in in Daphne like kind of unnecessarily sometimes yeah but, Eloise and her feminist like group I loved that I'm excited for her story to like dig deeper into that and I know she doesn't end up with Theo but I was glad that she started to like have a crush like it was nice to see her not I hate men the whole time so I have a lot of opinions about Eloise. I will try to keep them brief. I don't understand why she's basically the main character in a lot of ways. Like she gets so much screen time. I could just use less of her. Me personally, I didn't care for her in the first season. I also did not care for her a ton in this season. It's just, she's just like significantly more childish than everyone else in the show. And in my opinion, and like her and her like, rebellious like I hate society I hate the taunt I hate like all this stupid shit we have to do like right borderline I hate men like right like it's all it just like it just makes her in me in my opinion feel extremely naive all the time Mm -hmm. and it's just a little bit much I feel like they didn't lay it on as thick this season like she did seem to have like matured a little bit she did come out right like she does go to the balls. She does eventually dance with one guy that her mom makes her to. Like, and I did enjoy her thing with Theo. I totally agree. Like, well, I'm she- glad she like went to that little feminist rally, right? Like, I do love that for her. I just didn't also need her to be like constantly with Penelope, constantly in this or that trouble. Um, it just, Eloise is just not my favorite. And I just like, cannot believe like her season isn't until like five like we have so, so much of her much further to go before we get to her like love story but um yeah I totally agree that like also with what you said about like um, those nights that she had a crush and it was hysterical to me that she was like explaining these feelings to Penelope <laughs> and like Penelope was like kind of ignoring her I think yeah like, she wasn't really listening or like was way too in her own head about Colin and like was just like oh I don't know what you're talking about um well, she, like in a way to deflect the Colin of feelings but what I wish she would have been like was like yeah you have a crush on him like that's what this is yeah because right? it's like it felt like Eloise still couldn't like put a name to it mm-hmm. um which would have been helpful for like her self-realization <laughs> realizing things right like yeah that's what this is <laughs> well and I think my issue with that scene in particular was Penelope was so wrapped up in the like printer of it all and like her finding out that she was like Lord uh, or that she was Lady Whistledown that she wasn't being a good friend 
And like what the show, like in season one, the reason that I think so many people liked Eloise was because of her friendship with Penelope. But this season, Mm -hmm. Penelope was so distracted with like running this like operation that yeah, a lot of the times Eloise was just like babbling into the void because Penelope was like legitimately not listening. Like when she snapped at her about Theo, it like made Eloise feel crazy, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the guy. It had to do with the fact that she was like getting too close to the operation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have, we can talk about that more in worst because unfortunately, oh. dear listener, Penelope falls in my worst this season. Like a lot of it. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I liked that we got to see the king. That was next on my list too. Okay, you talk about okay, it because I just realized entire, I've gone like, twice. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't notice. Um, The king scene was great. Really showed Edwina's like range as an actress as well as a character and honestly that scene is what makes me think that they're gonna keep her around for another season or she'll reappear Mm -hmm. at some point because why give her such a huge moment right that has nothing to do with like the actual narrow trajectory of her and Anthony right like this was totally like unrelated essentially to that other than the fact that there she was in a wedding dress right but like her understanding the queen and like knowing what to do in that situation felt really important I think mm-hmm. um, and I loved that she didn't like embarrass either one of them right no she handled it really well and also that then like I liked that her and the queen were like kind of friends like not like because yeah. so much of the season I kept thinking like I don't Edwina's so sweet she's so fucking likable yes. but mm-hmm. if we push her to the edge and she's going to end the season single like I don't want us to feel bad for her so I did like that mm-hmm. they set up the queen friendship early so when she was like have I told you about my whatever grandson son he's a prince I was like oh I actually believe that like she's gonna be more than fine and like yeah. I'm not worried about Edwina and like she didn't like lose Anthony you know what I mean like she picked herself I was really glad they went with that angle of like let's figure out like what we want and not what we think we should want especially knowing that their yeah, mom I like totally threw agree. away their future for you know um Kate's dad who was like not in the not like not a part of the the society so I liked that they eventually got there okay 21 hours ago um, <laughs> there um was an article because I just googled um is Edwina in book three mm-hmm. and um apparently someone interviewed Chris Van Dusen Oh, he was like the producer, the director. show creator. Yeah, okay. That's, I was gonna say I saw his and name show a lot. Creator. Yeah, and whether or not Kate and Edwina are gonna return for season three, and all he responds is, "All I can say is I hope so." Okay, that's so. better than a no. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Like, Especially when the show's been out for like seventy-two it. hours. Oh, not even. Um, but yeah. Okay. Cool um so yeah great um next on my list so I um again read the vulture recaps of all the episodes and in the episode of the wedding they go into this there's like a conspiracy theory basically that the reason that peacocks were mentioned so much and also in such a negative way like the queen right is like do they fly Mm -hmm. and the handler was like no like 
we can make them glide down if you want. And she was like, oh, these birds are useless. And then like Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton, like also complaining about how awful peacocks were, um, is some like jab at NBC. There or ABC? Who's NBC? NBC is a peacock. It's a jab at NBC because NBC is launching a Bachelor Bridgerton show this yes. season. Yes, I've seen the commercials for it. It looks fucking terrible. I, I didn't even know that this existed, but yeah, that was apparently some conspiracy. I love, that's they amazing. all that Peacock shit in there for that. Like that's that reason so alone. I mean, it makes more <laughs> sense than all the other, than it just being like, it felt right. very like that Arbitrary. Peacock stuff felt very like the great. Like it wouldn't exist in yes. this universe, but they would yes, make yes, fun yes, of it yes. in the great being like, what is this bird? Right. Yes. It but did, it didn't I, feel that is exactly for what this, it for this show. Yeah. Um, but along those lines, I really, and this is my last one, but I really enjoyed the queen's involvement this season. I felt like she was, um, had more scenes this season than last season and more lines. Mm-hmm. I felt like we got to see more of her like amazing wig. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just thought her, like her character made a lot of sense, like her involvement. It was nice to be reminded of how involved the queen is with the aristocracy, you know, like showing up at the Featherington's party, hosting Anthony and Edwina's wedding, right? Like it, like she is super involved with them, and but like also totally like in charge of them. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I agree. So I just, I just enjoy, and I love that actress. Like I just thought it was all really well done. It was, it was like a nice, it was a nice touch to also make her be like cared. Like she was upset about the lady. Yes. Wilson. Like it, it like made her more of like a presence in the show. I agree. Yes. So I have like five more, so I'll go through them very quickly. Cause you said you're done. Let's okay. do it. So I loved that Edwina, like sending them both notes that the other one asked for them and then calling off her wedding. I just thought that was like, these may be a little <laughs> bit more just amazing. Great scene. 10 out of 10. Um, also being like, you dumb idiots. Like this is like, you don't love me, whatever. Something with the bangles. I don't know. Um, the families are like walking around and trying to be normal after they called off the wedding Oh my God, yeah. and like doing all of that stuff. And then my like runner up for single best scene was when they were okay. all dancing at the like harmony ball, but like all of the family, I just yeah, love the country it. dance, the little dance. So cute. Um, yeah, I felt like everyone needed a little therapy yeah (laughs) and like that anthony was the one that did it and like got his siblings the younger siblings down because like they that was important so i liked that i liked the other kids being involved in the show um even though though francesca is still not like she wasn't in this season right the daughter who at the very end of the last season like reappeared from boarding school or wherever the fuck was she the one that was like not very good at piano or was that high sand or whatever Hi, Kansas. Hi, hi. I don't know. It looks like hieroglyphics. It's like hi, Sian, I think. Hi, hi, Kansas. Hi. It's like, how do you name your first son, Anthony, Colin, Benedict, hi, Sian? <laughs> I, it's like, I can hear it, but then I try to like use my mouth as hi, Kansas. Hi, hi, Synthes. Hi. I'm like looking at the word. I know. H-Y-A-C-I-N-T-H. Hi, Kansas. See, it's like, there's like a stutter that's not part of the girl's name. I don't know. But anyway. But no, because a girl, a, a, another sibling shows up. 
because it's not just Daphne, Eloise, and Hi, the baby are the baby because it's alphabet um, so anthony benedict colin mm-hmm. daphne, daphne eloise, eloise francesca, francesca gregory, gregory i can hi hi man <laughs> <laughs> i regret like um, yeah 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 francesca like did we see her i think she was one that was playing the piano off tune yeah but I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe she wasn't in it. Maybe she went back to Florida. She's in this picture of them all like looking at um, Eloise like at the very, 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 very front of the of the season. Um, I think she was the older girl. Because then I just feel like they never said her name ever. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't. I have no idea. I'll I'll spit out. Um, sorry, continue. Um, but I liked that scene. I thought it was really sweet to also see the Bridgertons like happy because you know they'd been depressed for like a full episode. Yeah. Um, I know you don't like Eloise, but I thought it was so fucking funny watching her spin out about the Queen thinking she was Lady Whistledown. Yes. <laughs> and also her being like, I'm just gonna have to like admit to a lie (laughs) right like that's the best way out of it she's like I can't keep denying it because that's exactly what it did not like what yes lady whistledown would do yes and then like Penelope trying to help but like not helping and then I do like that Eloise like finally put it together where she was like and also I like the way they did it where it was like you're the way you said that sounded written yes and then my last time after she said it though I was like how has it taken her this long to figure that out yeah I think you know what I mean I'm like well it was the first time that she really Penelope really gossiped to Ellie that's true yeah so because she I think was like missing the lady whistle down like she felt invisible again and so Mm -hmm. um yeah and then I loved the Featherington's ball Mm -hmm. that was my last like um I think those sisters are so stupid, but like in a funny way. And they are so like evil steps to survive, like mm-hmm. aggressively so. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, of course, the fireworks going off and all of that. It was just great. Um okay, worst. Do you have any worst? Yeah, I've got a couple. I have four, so um well, three-ish. So luckily we've already talked about some of them, like. Benedict quitting art school. Mm-hmm. Um, Eloise generally, I think, has too much screen time. Also, though, um, whoever does Eloise's costuming, I think, fucking hates her because her nobody wears hats like she does. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. And her hats are so awful, and also like defy physics. Like, I don't understand how they stay on her head. I don't understand why the ribbon is wrapped around the back like are they trying to point out that she doesn't know how to put them on but like she wouldn't have put them on her her lady's maid would have put them on for her like they're so awful like so so awful um new to the list though that I must note which was not a plot just like a general note I found Lady Danbury's overacting to be distracting this season Mm-hmm. okay yeah like I felt like she was really overacting she did a lot of like wink wink nod nods to Kate like a lot of them in a lot of like, like shaking of her cane 
Yeah. Like anytime like, Kate and Anthony just, talked in public, they like panned the camera to her. And I was like, why? And it was a giant arched eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah. She did a lot of, she, she did a lot of overacting. I agree. Her character benefit benefited from being the only one who like really knew the Duke. And this season without him, it was so weird to me that she like sponsored that family. Like, I don't feel like they did a very good job of explaining why she let the shawarmas live with her. And then like sponsored them into the season. Like I just didn't really get yeah. like why they blazed right over that. They like kind of really rushed her importance in this season. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I I don't know. I had like neutral but like somewhat mixed feelings about her involvement this season, but I just found her like that actress is like overacting to be really distracting. But um uh the Ruby scheme, I also felt like got a little bit too much time, but I was glad mm-hmm. that Colin did figure it out. Like I mm-hmm. was worried that this was going to be another thing that took the family down because I did not, I have no interest in the Bridgertons being taken down one single goddamn notch. <laughs> um, I'm just not here for that. I want them to continue to be the best family that everyone wants to be. And last but not least, segue to you, Colin Penelope. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. What a fall from grace Penelope had for me. All she did this season was fucking mope and write with her quill. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they hit it too hard over the head that she was a wallflower. We got it. She did not need to always be pouty and mopey. And like Eloise really was like trying to get her the scenes where they were fun together. It was cute, but like, okay. I'm sure everyone has experienced being a Penelope at some point in their life. And it really made me reevaluate every crush I've ever had because I never want to be that desperate. When Colin was like, I would literally never date her knowing that their book is them getting married makes me want to like watch it. Like we need to give her another love interest. We need to give him another love interest because another worst on my list was Colin going to meet with Miss Thompson. What the fuck was the point of that? And like now she's Literally just content no, yeah. and like has these twins, but like doesn't love her husband. And he like, I just was like, why are we but doing this? But the husband this? seems like a nice guy. Yes. He like, kind of seems like Colin. I, yeah. I just was like very, very, very irritated by Penelope this season. And like, I liked the, that she brought in Madame uh, Delacroix to like yeah. scam of how they were running the business was smart, but like. She just was such a fucking downer. And then at the end, when she was crying mm-hmm. by herself, I was like, you did this to yourself. 100%. You didn't have to, I don't know. It just, it was really frustrating. And also I think that on top of, on top of all of the stuff I've said, I was also very irritated by her like mom and sister's lack of including her, but not even being mean to her. Like, it's like, we get it. She's invisible. Like, I don't really know. Like how much harder we needed to like hit it over the head. When the mom at the end was telling the Lord, like I have three daughters and like, if you think like you don't care about them at all and I am a mother or whatever. I was like, I think you forget you have three daughters. Like you don't even address, like no one talks to Penelope. And then Colin, when he was like, oh, I would never like date her or whatever. Like when they were dancing and the guys are like, it almost looks like you're courting her. And he was like, oh, absolutely not. And like, in terms of overacting, she was my problem this season. I thought she overacted. (laughs) There was no subtlety. I was like, how is everyone not picking up that she's eavesdropping? I know. They really, 
really and overdid it. You and I talked about it in season one on or off pod. I don't remember, but like them doing the reveal like a little too early of who Lady Whistledown was. And I actually mm-hmm. think it would have been better had it been like a little bit more of like an A style, like we see the hood, we see Madame Delacroix talking to someone we don't see the person is and like doing sure. all that stuff. And then the finale realizing that it's Penelope, like us realizing yeah. at the same time as Eloise, I think could have been- I agree. Nice. I don't understand why they told us at the end of season one. It seemed way too soon. Because like, also, I don't know. I For just a show that's her... expecting to have eight seasons. Yeah, or seven, I just- Or however many kids there are. Was not a fan of Penelope this season. And I wanted to be. Eight, there's eight of them. Yeah, I know. I it, it did feel like almost like she didn't sh- either being really serious, crying, crying, or like manipulating Eloise, weeping after Colin. Yeah, and like manipulating I, her friend. Like I don't know. I thought it was yeah. so weird how quickly she went from like I could never destroy the Bridgerton name and like never do that to Eloise to like immediately writing about her and then being like that was the only way I could have done it and I was like actually no you could have told her that you are Lady Whistledown and you and Eloise could have come up with a way to like trick the queen together yeah I agree I couldn't believe she didn't tell her then yeah same right because they totally could be like in this together and obviously Eloise has no other fucking friend so who the fuck is she gonna tell I know, I know. But that's why I was glad that they paired up Eloise and Benedict this season because I agree, Eloise does get a lot of screen time, but it was nice that she was with someone that wasn't just always Penelope because I was getting so irritated by their friendship towards the end. I was too. Well, honestly, I was a little annoyed that when when Penelope was annoyed that Eloise just like constantly just like grabs her and which, okay. Because Eloise is so tunnel vision focused mm-hmm. on stuff and has no one else to talk to other than Penelope. So like she ends up talking Penelope's ear off, which now that I'm thinking about it, Penelope is trying to be listening to gossip and instead of be with her friend where to me, I'd be like, well, I'm trying to enjoy this party and dance with somebody. But instead you and you want me to run off like and go home basically and like bail on this whole thing where it's like, we're but that's she, what Penelope does sorry well Penelope does occasionally although more in season one than she did in season two I think she only mentioned it once in season two to Eloise where she's like our lives are not the same yeah well I wish right? they like, she's like you can never get married and that's fine for you but I I am gonna have to get married like financially yeah. but I do really wish that at some point during this season they had had someone show interest in her that wasn't Colin so that she could have gotten asked to dance by someone who like actually wanted to dance with her and then she wasn't just like pining over Colin because also even um Miss Thompson I think her name was like Maria or whatever was like you have people in your life who like love you and like think very highly of you like Penelope and he still was like yeah she's a great friend and it's like oh my gosh like he's not like the fact that his book is him marrying her like how are we gonna get there I agree with what you said though that we need new love interests for both of them Mm -hmm. Especially knowing that we have an entire goddamn fucking season to get through. We yeah, can't do I, this again. I can't like, do it again. Because I, do you think anything was different about their tension in season one and season two? Because I think it was the exact fucking same. No. Of Colin being clueless and Penelope being sad. Yes. 
except it was more because we knew she was like writing about all of this like fancy gossip and like she did make the comment of like uh Eloise I want you to dance with someone because I'm like so I can like live through you or something you know like if you dance then I'll get the gossip from you like of what it's all about so like she just I think they somehow made Penelope more desperate and also I'm like how is Colin going to realize that he's in love with her well right well that that's what's insane they repeatedly have situations where like either Colin is being directly confronted with you should consider like dating Penelope and also situations where he like extremely explicitly explicitly draws the line in their friendship yes like it it, it happens more than once and it's extremely explicit like there's no will they won't they like not even a little bit so we just didn't need so much of like Penelope's left out Penelope has no friends she only has Eloise it really was it was just like like, yeah and I just hated that scene with Colin and Miss Thompson like what the actual what was the point of that because I thought the point of the scene was going to be him realizing that he was in love with Penelope and start to like change his feelings around her or like change his like start to like change his vibe towards her, which was a little bit more romantic versus like just friends, but it didn't, mm-hmm. it did nothing. He came back and still talked about Greece. That's what he loves. Yeah. But anyway, those are my worst. Cause I already said the thing about what the point, what like we needed more will or less will the bo- hot boxer. So let's do a quick break for a recommendation. And then we'll be back with our stats and our single best scene. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So if do I have an album for you? Have you heard of Robert Ellis? No. Okay. So he's a singer. I think he's from Fort Worth. He has an album out called Texas Piano Man. That is so fun. It's like a little bit Elton John-esque, but like country-ish. I don't really know how to explain it. Um, but I put it on and just like leave the whole album on, which is always a nice, it's always nice when you can do that. My favorite song is when you're away and it's just a fun, good, like Elton, I really, it's like an Elton John-esque album, but country, I don't know how to explain it, but I love it. So, okay, great. Everyone listen to Robert Ellis's album, Texas Piano Man. I also, you know, like when you like. I don't know if I associate him so much with Elton John because he sounds like Elton John or because it's Texas Piano Man, which Elton John is. Sure. I mean, I guess Re- Billy Joel's Piano Man, but like if it's that because like if what came first, but yeah, I've been listening to it a lot and really like it. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, let's jump back into the rest of the show. All right, so if you want to do your stats. Sure, but real quick, while while we were on break, I was I looked up differences between the book and the show season two, mm-hmm. and we've already talked about actually several of them. But um, the only one, well, some of Penelope's storyline gets borrowed from future books, apparently to give her more storyline because I think in book two, she doesn't actually have as much plot as she did in, in season two arguably um, she did not have that much plot this season that was a mistake yeah we think that might have been a mistake but she could have um, been in it less <laughs> great um <laughs> but apparently the horse head injury oh we haven't even happen. we didn't even talk about that <laughs> lol <laughs> um the horse head injury apparently does not happen um oh. instead anthony fine like is 
I guess, writing, I don't know, probably looking for them. Let's, let's be honest, it's a romance novel, right? He's probably looking for Kate mm-hmm. and comes upon their carriage, like an entire carriage that's gotten toppled over. And inside is Edwina and Kate and the dog. Oh. And I guess she like breaks her leg. Okay. And I have to I say, don't know, I- there's some kind of confession involved, but uh, they they say they're like the TV version is a lot more dramatic. They share this night of passion before they trip back to India, which like maybe also wasn't in the book. I don't know. They didn't specifically point that out, but like yeah. I don't know. Um, and then later on, he like shows up trying to propose, and then you know she's off with the horses, and then they do the the head and the concussion, all of it, and the like also um, apparently being in the having the concussion for like a week also wasn't in the book, which I thought was very important I know I was gonna say let's why don't we go back and talk about that finale a little bit unless that's your single best scene it's not okay it's not mine either I loved that the head injury I I loved that he was the one who rescued her the scene of him like running back with her in the rain I was like oh my god he is perfect (sighs) he yeah I liked that it forced Edwina to like really put in perspective like am I mad at Kate like you know what I mean like it yeah it like rushed an apology for everyone involved which I like loved I agree yeah um I also think it gave us a really beautiful scene between Anthony and his mom about like why haven't you visited and like yeah we got like some more insight into that and Anthony crying was really um he also just, like so great I just oh yeah when he finds out whoo man yeah and it was like um, yeah that like, was rushed to propose with the same ring he did his sister I was like well I guess I mean, it's it's still his mom's ring. Yeah, I know. Um, Yeah, the fact that their whole little, like, garden thing night before was absolutely chef's kiss. So great. And then even, like, the next morning when he, like, woke up with his little smile and then realized she was not there. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, him, like, absolutely ass in the foyer showing up to propose I was like not expecting that at all no and I was like okay work like and then like putting the pieces together of oh she's like off on some kind of escape again and yeah chasing after her the fall oh, um, I loved it so much. also like her not knowing that he was the one who rescued her mm-hmm. I hadn't put that together but you know when she does is talking to like when she wakes up and like is asking Lady the Amber right like she finds that out and I was like oh right like she didn't know um and like asks if he's asked like, about her and like come to visit and then he admitted that he did, you know, like, yes he yes. admitted that he was wrong he was like this is why I didn't come like I yeah. know I should have but like I cut it I have this trauma <laughs> oh, I love Anthony I love yeah, Anthony yeah Kate. he handled it better than any than any real life man ever would let's be better. <laughs> he is um, oh he's so great but I was also thinking like, he was like still trying to propose when she wakes up I know like no I'm still returning Um, to me I um I was was it needed something big for everyone to like forgive and then kind of start over so they could end up together and I'm really including the ton right yeah they also and they they use it as a weapon often actually um they're like well we're still um I what we're focused on now is making sure Kate's alive right instead of oh the drama of the wedding like 
I also absolutely loved the scene where they were like gonna dance together and he was like but everybody's watching and she was like well perhaps I don't have my balance and perhaps like I just you were the first person I saw and like if everybody's gonna look we might as well dance yeah and And he was like well maybe we should and she was like maybe we should should. I I, uh, loved it I loved it I loved it I loved it Um, anyway so glad we went we were reminded of that because yeah it was really it was like a good high stakes but like low risk situation. Right, we like I knew she was gonna, gonna die. die. So, <laughs> like, um, and I'm also yeah. glad they had her out for like a week. Like I'm glad yeah. it wasn't just like overnight or whatever. Um, oh, for sure. It was like enough got time to, like, for him to like totally spin out. Yeah. Fully be like, I love yeah. this woman. I don't care. She loves me. like this is like this is it. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go through character stats for that, and then go to our single scene. My favorite character was Kate this season. Mm-hmm. My favorite relationship goes to the entire Bridgerton family. <laughs> <laughs> Just that family. Yeah. Um, then my favorite episode was episode five. And then with was the first time they um, play Paul Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite season now is season two. Congrats to Shonda for <laughs> winning me back over. I completely agree. I um okay. My favorite character was Anthony. My favorite relationship was Anthony and Kate. I mean, you were the bane of my existence and the object of my desires. Screamed. But I also did love all the sibling <laughs> pairings that I've mentioned like a hundred times. Edwina and Kate, Anthony and Daphne, Benedict and Eloise, like those mm-hmm. Colin like really fell under my irritation this season yeah so I didn't understand um, his point ever my favorite episode was episode three of be in your bonnet where we got all of the backstory I also found mm-hmm. the beasting moment to be just like incredibly romantic yes and the horrible. first time that like they realized that it wasn't just hate you know what I mean like yeah. I think they really did like obviously we're attracted to each other but then there was this, like a level of irritation and I think that was the first time that they were like, oh shit, this isn't just like a fleeting thing. And then, yeah, yeah as you said, I, I mean, favorite it's season is lust, two. Right? Like I won't ever watch one again. Like my favorite season. No, season never. Season you two. couldn't pay me to watch season one again. Loved it so much. But all right, Sophie, the moment everyone's been waiting for, what was your single best scene from season two of Bridgerton? My favorite scene, I thought, was the only thing better than that dinner was the scene immediately following that dinner when they're like in this library or wherever the fuck together again alone I have three this this is their akin to in season one the Daphne Duke scene in their honeymoon you know where like they're alone in the dark room with this like fucking firelight mm-hmm. fireplace shit going on and there's all these things happening sort of aesthetically similar I think but and also in the quotability. So here I have wrote down three quotes. One of them, or uh, Anthony, it's Anthony wall to wall. So <laughs> Anthony says, there's no corner of this earth that is far enough to stop this torment. When she, because she says like, well, I'm, I'm going, to, like, going to back to Bombay. And he's like, it's not far enough. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> that killed me. Then a bit later, second mere seconds later he says you are the bane of my existence and the object of all my my desires desires. I wrote it down too I was like I'm (laughs) gasping it was like like that is so like that is so what this 
dynamic is written for, right? Like that line, right? It, uh-huh. like, it just perfectly sums what up what we're here for is bane of my existence plus object of my desire, right? It's like, we want both. Um, and then the last one, which I audibly gasped, like if I wasn't already like <laughs> freaking out over this scene and like these lines, this absolutely sit me over the goddamn edge i will be thinking about this quote for a long time (laughs) but when he says uh so you know she's like well you still need to marry my sister whatever like this is also gonna happen and he says okay well i will spend every day of my marriage wanting you dreaming of you dreading the day when the last thread of my honor finally snaps (laughs) so good but he was like, I've only been able to do so much. Like my dad raised an honorable man and blah, blah, blah. Yes. He's like, you're a lady. I'm a gentleman. Like I'm doing my best. And then he also says something about, there's some other like desire shit thing in there, but like that one was like the last thread of my honor. I know it was because then Daphne walks in, oh right? Or is that not a, no, no, no that no, was no. earlier. This, okay. This, then they like uh, run away. One of them storms out. Yeah. This. And there's like a, yeah. Because. I think at the end of this, I actually can't remember how this scene ended now that I think about it, but. I think she just like goes to her bedroom uh, and is like tossing and turning and, or maybe it's after, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I spent a lot of this season just being like that, that he is such a good actor. Yeah. It like they, um, so it's definitely a Shondaland thing. It's definitely a Shonda show. Yeah. Thing because it, they had very similar like Meredith and Derek energy where it was like you could tell he loved her mm-hmm. by the way he looked and it's like all yes. I ever like that's what I miss the most about current Grays is not even that Derek's dead it's that like nobody's looking at Meredith with that level of love right and like it's all so I want is for someone to look at me like Derek looks at Meredith and Anthony Obviously. had that same it's something with the way they shoot the show like I don't know what it's it is. smoldery it's so yeah. smoldery and like ugh, so romantic Okay. Um, okay. Wait. Let me. This is this gonna bother me. Actually, I'm gonna look at it. What episode was this? Oh, it's it's definitely five. The emotions run high during a dinner party. Yeah. I mean, that's a true. Also, okay, have you so... watched? Um, have you watched Hamilton? The musical. Yeah. I saw it on like Disney Plus or whatever. Okay. So, do you remember how they do the helpless and then satisfied like turntable sequence where it's like, um, Angelica introduces. Alexander and Eliza together and then the next song is from um a lot or from Angelica's point of view where you realize that she was in love with Hamilton but like couldn't be with him because like she knows her sister better than she knows herself and like all this stuff and he like she needs to look out for the family this this scene felt very much like what would happen if Alexander and Angelica like actually got to talk (laughs) yes I don't know. I got like kind of like little Hamilton vibes. Obviously yes, not to the extent. I, I totally agree. Hamilton was like not a good husband, but um, I don't know. I was like, if you're in love, with, I'm sure there's been others like sibling. Well, I guess the Vampire Diaries <laughs> with Elena being in love with um, Damon while dating Stefan, and Damon like being in love with her. Okay, so he says it's insupportable, and she says impossible because she says like. I'm driven by distraction and they're like bases are like so close yeah they almost kissed a lot bind me to you for eternity and I will spend every day of my marriage okay blah blah he says that afterwards one thing okay we already got that is that the future you want for us the future you want for your sister oh yeah because she was still begging 
to marry it. She was still like, you have to and marry he's her. He's like, I need to go. He like self-exits the scene. Mm-hmm. So then after this, I think she's like, do you still want to marry him? And she's like, of course I love him because he defended our family. Mm-hmm. And then we like cut to the Featherington. Yeah, I agree. Cause well, that was also when that was the scene whenever she went back and she had thought that he was going to propose at Aubrey Hall and then he didn't yeah. and she was like so embarrassed and all this stuff and I was like okay this is what the show's gonna do they're gonna have her slowly realize like Anthony's not gonna propose to her and then when he ran out and proposed to her and it was like in slow motion I was like Ugh. and they like flashed yeah. to Violet <laughs> and Daphne and like Kate's face and yeah. Kate was right there um I think that was mm-hmm. after this I think that was the end of this episode no I think they I think he'd already proposed because they were in town because the proposal was happening oh yeah he was like you're not invited to the wedding yeah you're right you're right you're right so what's your single best scene well mine is not shocking at all it is Anthony professing his love for Kate at the Featherington ball The proposal in the garden yes the well the proposal but mainly just his like I'm in love with you I don't need you to say it back like but like yeah. this is it because I think he meant it I actually recorded the entire thing I can plug it please play it because yeah it was so great I see. don't think he was expecting her to say I love you back I think he really was like I know you're yeah. leaving for India but like if I don't say this like it's on me well right yeah because he was like knowing you you'll like whatever but you just need to know okay let me see because oh my god in the past when I've um had these you can't you can't hear it mm-hmm in your headphones so just like let me know also side note um, my runner-up for single scene was for sure their like hot steamy night in the garden whenever he was like oh absolutely I'm telling you to go back inside and she was like you know I don't like to do what you tell me to do like the, yeah. them playing each other I was like you and your shit. orders oh yeah because so side note I was texting a friend and I was like oh I laid out today because it was like it's like 80 it's 91 degrees in Texas today and so I laid out at my parents yesterday and I, and she was like, so what are you doing this weekend? And I had texted back like, oh, I'm going, I was at my parents laying out and now I'm like binging Bridgerton because we're recording tomorrow. And I had like three episodes left. So I hadn't seen the steamy. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen any, there had not been a kiss. I had not seen anything. Right. And so she texted me, oh, is it hot? And I thought she was talking about the show. Outside. And I was like, oh, honestly, like shockingly, like, no. And then I was like, oh, you mean the weather? Like, yes, it's hot. But this season compared to season one, where like there was so much like sex and all of the over the topness yeah, of it's really in your face of it. This season, it just like felt so much more earned because like yeah. we literally had to like wait till episode five or seven. We had to wait till episode like seven because it was before yeah. the wedding where they hooked up. But it was before they called off the wedding, right? That they had their like rendezvous outside. No, no, no. It was after because remember, like immediately the next day he goes to propose. Yeah. So they they I think it was after the, the ball. Yet. No, the wedding was definitely already called off because he was okay. Okay. It like, was after the harmony he, ball. He proposes. Yes. It was after the harmony ball when nobody showed up, but they all danced together. Yeah. He okay, that's right. Air, he leaves. And then because he wouldn't have like proposed to her if he was still engaged. But like her, just but that steamy like, moment was great. And I also love how he was like, you, you disagree with me at every turn. But no, my single best scene is for sure the, the proposal. Okay, and you, I can't promise you won't vex me every day. I was like, oh my gosh, they're soulmates. He's still planning to leave for India. 
I have my sister's blessing, as well as my mother's. And the queen herself has apparently saved our families from utter ruin. You love your family dearly. As much as you love yours. I was fearful of losing you. It is why I could not visit you after your accident. I could not bring myself to... I love you. I have loved you from the moment we raced each other in that park. I have loved you at every dance, on every walk, every time we've been together and every time we've been apart. You do not have to accept it, you do not have to embrace it, or even allow it. Knowing you, you probably will not, but you must know it. In your heart. You must feel it, because I do. I do not think there is anything else to say. Other than I love you too. I want a life that suits us both. I know I am imperfect, but I will humble myself before you because I cannot imagine my life without you. And that is why I wish to marry you. You do know there'll never be a day where you do not vex me. Is that a promise, Kathanisham? I loved it. I that scene, it just is heartwarming and like so earned. Um, and we didn't even talk about the fact that he like says her whole name. Yes. Which I was like, oh my gosh, like that was so sweet. I don't had anyone used her whole name this entire season. No, they just called her Kate. I don't think so. Um yeah and of course like not to bring the representation thing up but like I think that like her correctly pronounced name is like will be important to Mm -hmm. people you know what I mean like that Mm -hmm. as well um on top of it just being like very sweet that he like because anytime you know a man uses like a whole lady's name whilst proposing is like swoony right I don't know why but it just like proves they know it I don't know like <laughs> right like because we didn't know the audience um, didn't know her full name yeah I don't I didn't um I don't think they'd ever said it but anyway no because it was like Mrs. Sharma and Mrs. or Miss Sharma and Miss El- Edwina Sharma right and then it was just like Kate <laughs> mm, I thought they called her Miss Sharma maybe yeah but like I feel it was like, like Mrs. Miss and then Miss Edwina. Yeah, because uh, Anthony always called her Miss Edwina and she always called him the Viscount. Like, you know what I mean? Like she always Viscount called him Viscount. Or Lord, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. And then when she called him Anthony, 
Um, and, and Kate was like, can you call him that? And she was like, I'm sure once we get married, I can. <laughs> yeah, she could only call her out on that. But, um, but speaking of their, um, sorry, we also briefly did not talk about the boat scene. Oh, um, yeah. So hot. Where they he... fall into the boat. The oh water, my gosh. Direct, direct Pride and Prejudice reference. Yeah, so um, when he came out in his white shirt. about that at the top his yep. white shirt was like mm-hmm. stuck to him that's the netflix cover photo and i was like smart yes smart smart sorry it's like the only time he's naked basically the entire or like you know mm-hmm. uh we can see his body like this is the only time we can see it like basically the whole season. um but yeah all right so news solid season solid season guys <laughs> yeah would recommend solid um okay so the news yeah, what's the news maddie it says, alert the ton because Pridgerton is returning for a third season. That's right, dear readers. The romantic and scandalous series set in Regency London was, re- was renewed for season three way back in April of 2021. Didn't know that. Along with an upcoming season four. So there it got go. renewed got for two. two seasons. So based on the, that'll well, be Benedict and Colin, right? Yeah, Benedict and Colin. I heard that the that Bridgerton was the like number one most streamed show for Netflix before Squid Game. I would believe that. Like Squid Game surpassed it, but until that happened, they were the number one, Um, which makes no sense to me. We've talked about this before. Season one was trash. You've heard (laughs) us complain about it the entire time. Why did so many people watch that? I don't know. But guys, season two, Um, do recommend. Season two, do watch it. esteemed members of the ton thank you so much for making it this far into the episode you deserve a tall feathered hat for sure um okay so some news that has come out since we recorded thus far it is only early april but simone ashley who plays kate and jonathan bailey who plays anthony have confirmed that they will be returning for season three Benedict has been confirmed as the focus for season three, and Colin has been confirmed for the focus of season four. The third season allegedly is going to start filming this summer. There is also a limited prequel series focused on the Queen, King George III, Lady Danbury, and Lady Bridgerton that Shonda will direct or produce, whatever. Um, That is something else we have to look forward to. There will also be a new showrunner for seasons three and four. She is a Shondaland veteran, so I'm sure we are in very capable hands. And that is about it for now. We will continue to update um, should the occasion arise. But um, once again, thanks for sticking with us to the end. Um, And normally I ask you about predictions for season two. We've talked about them kind of throughout, but... Do you have any like specific thoughts about like, I guess any character where they're gonna like? I mean, I know we're gonna get some. It's it's about um, Benedict. Benedict, um, which we I feel like we know very little about. I was gonna say we know the if least. You had any thoughts that we haven't talked about yet? We know the least about him. Me. I think that book three, the like B story is going to revolve a a lot around Eloise and Penelope. Like if I had to guess, Eloise is the closest with Benedict. I mean, I also think Anthony and Kate, like if they can work with the schedules, like I think we will get to see 
their views on mm-hmm. his relationships, which will be fun because we haven't seen, well, yes, we did see Anthony get married this season. This will be the first like season using their term season where um, Miss Bridgerton doesn't have a child, like a woman, like a female going through the like essentially bachelor bachelorette process. So it'll be cool to see it from just the men's point of view and how the family reacts to like the different women that he's courting. So I think that could be cool mm-hmm. if they go in that direction. Um, if they go the art school angle, I have no clue. Um, or just the singular, yeah. if they just do the singular love interest, like it's kind of hard to predict shows like this because like he's going to end up with Sophie, right? Like they do this like right. singular love interest, but I think it would be really smart. Well, if and it's they, like gave... they completely bury the lead. Right? Yeah. Like it's like, we, we know who they're going to, like they give away, like we know who they're going to end up. So the mystery isn't there. Yeah. So I think it'll focus a lot on like, I think Penelope will get some sort of friend or love interest outside of the Bridgerton family. I hope so. And, um, but that's really my only, it's kind of hard to predict it, especially when there's a book where people can say like, well, this is what happens in the book. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, but I don't, I'm not trying to read these books. I just want Shauna to tell. I want Shauna's version and not the. 2000 and 2000 and like 2001. I think the first three books came out in 2002 came out in 2001 came out in 2001. So it's kind of crazy to me that they have this like giant resurgence, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it's going to be like how to keep Lady Whistledown staying relevant and like, yeah, how do we get to a place where the audience is going to root for Penelope and Colin? Like, I think Benedict's Can story- you figure out why we got two lines narrated by Penelope? I think because she switched was- back to Dame um, Julie Andrews. I think it why did that happen I think it's because she was like writing like because now like because now Eloise knew like I think the audience was supposed to hear it in her voice because we had just been told like because it was like she's reclaiming doing it she had like burned the she had done the significance of like burning it and being like I wrote my final article I gave it up for you Eloise and that Eloise was like don't fucking do that on my behalf like you're a bad friend like I'm done and left and so she like picked up the pen again so I think it was like her writing as herself and then turning into Lady Whistledown. That was my interpretation. Sure. Yeah. I, but yeah. I don't know. I think they've got to do, they've got to do something this next season to make the audience believe that Colin could like Penelope. Anything at all. Um, um, and like and I do. is like her dating one of his friends. Yeah. I don't know what it'll be, but. Like, I don't know. I think they'll use Benedict's story as like a bridge to the other siblings because he is like just overall I think the most liked Bridgerton in my opinion yeah he's He's like the most palatable very chill yeah and like fun and I actually think his story will introduce a lot of new side characters because he's totally outside of this universe yeah he has his his own friends his own world so those are kind of my loose yeah. predictions. I don't know. I hope we get Kate back. I wonder too, like yeah, if I... the creator from sex education is like patting herself on the back, but also like what, because she like had Hannah Waddingham in season one, who, you know, now is Rebecca yeah. on Ted Lasso, Rupert, who's now, I mean, he won't be in any more of Bridgerton, but like Olivia or sorry, her real name is Simone. I think having such a big role in Bridgerton and such a minor role in sex education It'll be interesting to yeah. see if like Olivia gets a storyline, like more of a storyline in sex education, or if she's just like now committed. I mean, they're all Netflix, like so she's within I mean, her Netflix contract. universe. But well, she had a 
pretty big storyline in the most recent sex education season, right? Like her and Otis dated. No, that's we Ruby. Saw her house. That's Ruby. Uh, Olivia is like Ruby's friend. The like you know. Olivia is Ruby's friend. Yes. Who I think in season one right? like was having like bad. Her boyfriend and her were like having bad sex or something, and they were different religions yes, 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 or something. Yes, yes. Like the parents didn't like each other. They were uh yeah like she convinced her parents or lied to her parents and told them that he was Indian yes but he but wasn't like I yeah. can't remember what he what was reality but uh-uh. but that was their thing and then she just like pops up with that yes, other gay okay. guy to like be Ruby's little like minion so it'll be interesting to see if they're like holy shit we got like a star on our hands also they are beautiful <laughs> when they showed up at the beginning her sister should have I'd never seen that actress before I was like holy smoke she's beautiful like I obviously yeah. knew Simone they were was gorgeous. Pretty, gorgeous. That orange dress in the finale that she got engaged in, that proposal dress was so fucking pretty. Yeah. It was so, really gorgeous. I liked that they got to kind of oh play gosh. with more colors than the Bridgertons, where it's like blue, yellow, and like pinks. That um Kate got to wear color. like brighter colors. What? Yeah, the Bridgertons don't wear a ton of colors. Yeah, Kate got to wear Except like, for Colin really- in his blue suit that he wore a suit jacket that he wears at the time. Yeah. But all right, guys, that oh is she looks so different in sex education. <laughs> I'll put up well, on she the looks Instagram. Like a teenager, a contemporary teenager. Not 26. <laughs> and she I'll put up like well, especially next to Edwina, she looked so much older than Edwina and like so much like an adult woman. Yeah. That like it seemed appropriate for Anthony, let's be very clear. Like seemed appropriate. Yeah, 26 but, and um, 28, I think, was their age difference. And I don't know how old Edwina was supposed to be, like 18, maybe 20 max. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Yeah. She looked young. But okay. Well, friends, thanks for listening. As we've said before, just skip season one if you haven't watched it. You've gotten this far in our podcast. Just watch season two. Yeah. You don't need to watch season one. It's not important. <laughs> but All right, guys, we will see you next week for Yellow Jackets for real this time. Yes, for real this time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.